You're listening to Once a Raider, Always a Raider on the Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Ira Matthew is one of the greatest rookie seasons in Raiders history, a Super Bowl champion, former running back, and a great return man on kickoffs and punts and great friend of Cliff Branch. Ira, how you doing? I hope you're having a great summer. Thanks for doing this. JT, how you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing great. Um, looking forward to going to Canton. Yes. For two days to see our good friend get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Ira, let's begin when you first met Cliff and the impact that he had on your life as a player on the field and a human being off the field. Oh, man. <laughs> Being a rookie, 1979, playing with all the Raider greats. Uh, Cliff was one of the first ones to reach out to me, to teach me the ropes. And uh, he reminded me that uh, he had more return, pump returns, the kickoff <laughs> returns than I had in college. I had eight. I think he had nine. <laughs> I couldn't be mad, though, but a great friend of mine, his family, and my family became real good friends. Still out of the day because I live down here in Houston, Texas, where he's originally from. I always get a chance to hang out with his sisters and uh, his kids and stuff like that, but uh, one of a kind. Absolutely. Ira, you were very fast, and you had some great moments. That 104-yard return against the Chargers one of the great videos that the Raiders archive here. What was the difference with Cliff's speed, real time, when you saw him? Maybe in practice he's going 70%, 80%, game day warming up, and then you see him real speed in a game. What was it like? <laughs> we called him Amazing Grace. I see him take a five yard out and go 85 yards in a heartbeat. But uh, I like to say, well, nobody faster than me but him. So, but uh, I, he he was blessed. But uh, great route running, and they used to complain early on. I heard about him not being a catch, but my years there, he ain't dropped nothing. Isn't that amazing? Because that's true. We talked to Freddie B about it, and Coach Flores has mentioned it too. The struggles that he had, and a lot of young players have struggles and receivers. He's not the first wide receiver that had the case of the drops. Jerry Rice. Might be the most famous of all time to be the GOAT and the greatest of all time. But Cliff had Freddie around him, and he mentioned we played a soundbite of Raymond and Warren Wells and then all the great players that were around him. And Cliff had a fight for the ball. When you played for the Raiders, even before you got there, that Super Bowl team of the 76 season in 77, they wanted to run it behind Shell and Upshaw. That was a running team. So Cliff got limited touches and was able to make the most of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the game has changed a lot. Uh, it's more passing. You know, you couldn't throw no 50 times when we was playing. Mm-hmm. You had to get a whole bunch of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks come out to stand. So, uh, it was limited touches, but he made the most of them. Absolutely. Ira Matthews joins us. Uh, what do you remember? And, and tell us about Super Bowl 15, because Rod Martin had a massive game. Cliff had a monster game. Plunkett, obviously the MVP in that game. You dismantle and destroy Philadelphia. Dick Vermeil, rightfully so, finally has his day in the sun. He's getting inducted that weekend, too. But what do you remember about Cliff and the party 
and the lead up to that and what that game meant to him because that was one of his greatest performances. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, they had beat us during regular season mm-hmm. in their house, but uh, we felt that we could beat them, and, and we definitely showed that and proved that. Uh, you know, total team effort, and we were down there to do business, and that's what we did. Uh, great party afterward. You know, we had a few parties. That week, too, but... uh, And let me stop you. Hold on, hold on. Let me stop you there. Everybody knows how tight Philly was at that Super Bowl. Vermeil didn't let him out. Literally, they were so wound up. And for your team and Coach Flores to let them let you run through New Orleans and Bourbon Street early in that trip, did that loosen you guys up? Was there ever a point where you were a little bit concerned, or how was practice that week? No, I mean, we... um... Like you say, we didn't have no curfew the first three, just three nights, maybe four. But we had to be at breakfast between seven and nine just to make sure, I guess, we were still living. But uh, <laughs> it was sort of like just being at home in Oakland. That's, that's the kind of vibe that we had. It was just another uh, regular season game. That's how you got to prepare for it. But uh, we worked hard like we always did in practice. And, uh, you know, it all proved to be right, that's how we won that game. So what was it like when Cliff passed away? Where were you when you got the news that he died suddenly? We all saw him as an ambassador for Mark Davis in Vegas. We all expected Cliff to be with us for decades. Uh, tell me, Ira, where were you when you got the news? And I can't imagine what you were going through that day and still. Oh, man, uh, I was sitting at the house here in uh, Houston, Texas, um, and we got a text, you know, we got a group text, uh, ooh, me, got to be about 15 guys on there. And uh, Cliff, Cliff had passed, and we couldn't believe it. Uh, no, he was in Arizona doing a signing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it was just a shot, you know. Uh, we was all at the funeral, a bunch of us down here in Texas. A uh, bunch of tears were shed. Probably going to be a bunch more come on Hall of Fame day. But uh, it was a shocker to us. You know, Ira, you played the game. I didn't. I'm just trying to do my job and get the word out about Cliff. But I think a lot of people, when they went to Snakes and they went to Coach Flores, it was all about, you know, these guys should have been in 30 years ago. What what a disrespect not to get them in. And and Cliff falls into that category, too. He should have been in 30 years ago. But – I would sense, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that Cliff would want a party. And if he was there and alive, he'd have that pinstripe suit and three rings on, and it would be a party. So what should we do for Cliff as a sea of silver and black takes over Canton? What do you want to see at that party? What do you want to see that weekend? Hey, it's going to be a Raider Nation party. We're going to have a party, and um, we're going to make sure they know, voice our opinion, that, yeah, it's a shame he should have been here. Long time ago in the Hall of Fame, and we're just talking about him now. It's, it's some other guys we know should be in too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's going to be a great, proud day for the Silver and Black when uh, he gets his induction. Thank you, Ira. I'll see you in Canton. I look forward to having a great weekend with you there. Thank you so much for doing this. You know, you know, my pleasure, my man. Love you. Thank you for listening to Once a Raider, Always a Raider. Make sure to download the official mobile app and visit Raiders.com slash history for more historical content.